0: This is Big Earth. I'm Case Bradford. Thanks for tuning in to this episode with Justin Turnis. Justin is a breathwork facilitator. He's also got his doctorate in physiology, so he knows a thing or two about the way the body works and shares that wisdom and knowledge and experience during this conversation, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Been curious about breathwork for a while now, and just kept putting it off. You know, I breathe, breathe fine. And generally speaking, pretty deep and slow, but haven't really engaged in focused, intent breathwork practice. Where I'm just sitting down, doing various forms of breathwork, and I feel much more inspired to engage with that after having spoken with Justin and hearing more about the different styles and benefits. It sounds like a lot of fun, so I'll be engaging more in that in the coming months and. Thank you for tuning in to this one. I hope you got a lot out of it as well. I know I did. And if you are curious of how you contribute to Earth, I came up with a few ways. One is to send an episode out into the endless, vast, infinite expanse of social media. And hopefully some people like it. That'd be cool. Another idea is to leave five-star review. One, two, three, four, five. Anything less than that, I will just be broken hearted. So five-star review on Apple or Spotify is pretty cool. And uh, thirdly, you could support our sponsor of this episode, which is breathing. I know some of you out there are probably holding your breath. No need to do that. It's, it's free to breathe. Just use the coupon code Earth Next time you do, take a breath and you'll save nothing because it's completely free. You can do it at any moment and apparently as, as we'll learn you can do it in different ways fast pace slow pace you can breathe deep shallow various rhythms in the holds and you'll be able to experience a different state of being with that i'll uh bring my rambling to a conclusion and we'll transition into this episode with the great and powerful justin turnus how are you what's up man great to connect we've been going back and forth online here and there about a variety of, of different topics. And we've been trying to schedule this for, for months now. So I'm glad that we finally got it to happen because you have a depth of knowledge and wisdom, and I'm excited to learn what you have to share. in in this brief one hour period that we have, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So thank you for joining me.
1: Hey, likewise, man, really excited to be here. Let's, let's go.
0: So something that is top of mind for me is something that we both went through, which was uh, the summer fast. You went a full five and a half days, and that was the the longest fast that you had had up to this point in your life. And I'm excited to learn what your experience was, because for me, a five-day fast, when I first went through that, was a massive experience and and really interesting. So I'm curious what your experience of that was.
1: Fascinating, man. That was the most amazing uh experience and it was it was i think amazing because i didn't really know what to expect and i've done a lot of uh i'm I'm a full-on health and wellness nerd i'm a breath work facilitator and i've been practicing wim hof for like seven years plus ice bath psychedelic plant medicine fairly regularly for my own like tuning of my mental and uh spiritual health And so the fasting, I just kept hearing about fasting through you and other individuals. um, And was very intrigued because I kept hearing about the potency of the practice. And I'd been intermittent fasting for like years and playing around with extending that into like a 36 hour fast. So whenever I saw you had done a five day, I was instantly drawn in, intrigued and then whenever I saw a summer five-day like group fast, the, the community component really struck me as something that I wanted to like engage in as well. Um, so I was a full fuck yes to the five-day fast. Um, and I loved every moment, even though my body didn't love every moment. My, my psyche, my ego didn't love every moment. Um I found it to be deeply powerful, um, also deeply fatiguing. Uh, you, you, you f- I fully felt my body going through autophagy. Uh, fully felt myself shift from uh, caloric depletion to ketosis. So it was um, as a as a health and wellness and. A self awareness nerd. It was the most amazing practice because I could just feel the shifts happening. Um, and then since I f- completed my five day fast, and I was really proud too, to go the full five days, uh, and I like even stretched it another half day, twelve hours, and and even whenever I started to introduce food, I could have gone longer. I was like, I go, long. I feel great. I, I passed that point. Um, But the most powerful part of it has been the last two weeks following completing it i everything's really maintained as far as clarity and like lightness and um energy and connection and awareness to the world and and spirituality so the the fascination of it wasn't just like it was a a potent five-day practice but i'm like every day like wow I'm still feeling the positive benefits of this and like I'm two weeks out and I'm just like this is awesome so every every part of it was a huge positive man so thank you for guiding and supporting
0: tremendous Glad to to hear that and it is it is quite an achievement to be able to go f- the full five days that you set your intention on, on doing that and then completed it for me it, it's interesting because I find the first two days to be a struggle and then it seems to get easier weirdly like that's very counterintuitive where you'd think the longer you go the harder it gets but for, for some reason well i guess we could speculate as to some of the reasons like we kind of know some of the reasons but it gets a lot easier around like that third day to where it's like oh this is smooth sailing and it's actually really enjoyable did you have a similar experience in, in that regard
1: yes absolutely first two days were like slugfest <laughs> um struggle but i knew that that was part of it i had heard enough of others' experiences, where like that's, those are the hardest parts. And then I did have that same felt experience where everything shifted, day three, four, five. Um, I felt my body respond, uh, and I felt my body start to go into survival mode. But it wasn't really like surviving out of like scarcity, but it kind of is. It was more like surviving out of capacity and like my body is fully capable of continuing to move and think and engage with people, um, and go on walks and enjoy nature. Uh, it, it just like really struck me how powerful my body was. I already give my body a lot of credit and challenge it physically and movement wise. And, but it was just like another amazing opening. And yeah, again, like, I've done a lot of research since then. And while I was in it, just to really understand more about what was going on and, and I could feel the mitophagy and the mitochondrial like biogenesis taking place. And I was just like, Whoa. And that's what really like the light bulb of mitochondria went off quite a bit. And I, I, since, since then too, I've been like researching and looking up more about mitochondrial health and um, it, it's only one component, but that the the positive impact that, that fasting has on mitochondria just really seems to be like a really gold, like a true golden ticket for health and awareness and spirit.
0: I'd love to hear a little bit more about that since this is something that has caught your attention lately. And also maybe if if possible, say a little bit about the potential downsides because I've been hearing more about this lately where people are worried about things like muscle loss during a long fast or potentially some of the high adrenaline effects, which I'm not too concerned about, um, especially if you're keeping it under seven days based on what I've, what i researched, but I'm, I'm curious what you've come across with in the research that you've done and the mitochondria that, that you've been focused on.
1: Oh yeah. Um, as far as adverse effects, um, I did not personally see, uh, or experience any other than like not like the less than ideal symptoms that come with that practice which is like lightheadedness uh maybe some fatigue full body fatigue which all makes sense so it's not like random symptoms out of nowhere and like where are these coming from it's like i had an understanding of why my body was reacting in the way that it was reacting i don't feel like i have that uh understanding of the negative but i i also understand too that if you exert too much put out too much physical activity, your body's going to use the calories that you have in your system quicker. And then your body's going to have to react quicker. Um, and so I purposefully modified my physical activity to very minimal levels. A lot of walking got into the ocean regularly swam, just gentle, easy swimming. Um, and I even took like, breaks from doing the ice bath because i know the ice bath is a a big stressor a purposeful stressor and it causes a lot of thermoregulation and thermogenesis which requires a lot of energy and i really felt like energy during my fast was extremely precious and i wanted to treat it i wanted to treat it as such so i purposefully did not engage in things that would deplete me and what i didn't anticipate was that um, I'm very extroverted. I'm all like I like walk everywhere in Encinitas so I'm in Encinitas, California, North County, San Diego. Uh, great community. So I was walking like to my local coffee shop and seeing people, but I noticed that I didn't have time to engage with like all the people I usually engage with. So I almost got more selective on who I communicated with and conversed with. Because before I'm like, anyone I see is a familiar, I'm like, hey, like, excited puppy, like, oh, what's up? What's up? What's up? Like everywhere. And it's almost like I'm exerting my energy too much into the world. And, and naturally through fasting, my body understood that I had limited caloric uh, information, and that I needed to be more reserved on who I communicated with. So it actually felt great to see people And just acknowledge but not get like overly excited about engaging in them and and so that was a really interesting positive that i felt came came through and that's more in the like uh psycho emotional component of the practice and one of the benefits that i found and that one's also prolonged too i'm like oh i don't need to leak my energy out into the world as much as i typically do and i really didn't realize how much i had been doing it until fasting so uh i just i'll I'll leave that there and then we'll jump into mitochondria but um curious have you felt that in your own experience
0: fascinating i do have a different perception of of everything in life when in that deep fasted state where the the energy does seem like more at play like Mm, when when you're not eating you seem more aware just in general color colors are more vivid scent is more vibrant every sense is amplified and there is really a sense of how we're allocating our energy or even you could say the potential allocation of that energy where you sense an opportunity of something that you could do and there's sort of this associated energy cost with it they will we you know this often comes up with like i don't feel like working out it's like well, you're not being lazy necessarily. You, you may just not have the energy reserves to be able to do that. This could be a good day for working in. You don't have to push yourself to work out. This could be a good day to, to work in. And then that facet, I'm a little more aware of these future opportunities and how I choose to engage with the flow of life and and seeing reality unfold is, is a bit more, I guess, slow motion in a way where, where you kind of see these things coming and then the opportunities presenting themselves. And, yeah it's also another cool part about it is is the smoothness of the energy and and the clarity at which the energy unfolds within the mind space that things are things are, are much more clear and and calm and smooth and I wake up early and it's very nice to wake up early you don't have to sleep as much it, it's, mm-hmm. it's very overall just I, I call it a super state is the way that I describe that sort of deep fasted state um, although I'm maybe playing with that verbiage a bit, it does seem to make sense for me. Oh, it's,
1: I love what you just shared too. And, um, you save time with sleep and then you save money with food because you're not eating food. <laughs> so that was another, I was like, Oh wait, I haven't spent any money on food for a week. That's great. <laughs> like. Save my, my pocket, my wallet a little. Um, uh, yeah. So that was the smooth energy is amazing. And, um, again i'm like just such a huge fan and in looking and trying to do my due diligence and understanding more about the process um, i found some interesting like information on mitochondria and like there seems to be this subgroup of psychologists that are very focused on mitochondrial health as a form for um, supporting like mental health issues or mental health disease, schizophrenia, dementia, uh, and, and tie it in with that, are like there's a push for fasting in all individuals um, for preventative practice to prevent those like onsets of uh, neurological diseases coming. And at the same time, um, keto diet, because ketogenesis and, you um, is is a powerful fuel that and it's not like the krebs cycle eating food digesting food using food as energy isn't the only way that we need to use energy so there's ketosis um and doing the keto diet fasting can open up that access and it it seems to be very healthy for mind health and brain health to utilize these practices i like what you said working out and then working in like fasting is totally a working in practice and i i found that to be true so but the thing that like really blew my mind in mitochondria and this is like it's so funny because um i got my doctorate in uh physical therapy i went to i went pre-med route in college so i took all the like biochemistry classes, microbiology and and even in taking all of those advanced classes, my understanding of mitochondria was still like so small. And yet, and that that also shows how flawed our healthcare system is and our schooling system is and um I realized post physical therapy school how much amazing information physical therapy school does not include. In the schooling process and it's just wild so we can go on a riff on that for sure because we're lacking in so many ways as far as our healthcare system goes um but when you think about when i thought about mitochondria you i thought about the like cartoon picture of a cell that you see and then you see like four little five little peanuts that are your mitochondria which are the powerhouse of the cell in learning more and like understanding that fasting was really creating a lot of autophagy and mit- mitophagy, so mitochondrial neurogenesis regeneration. Um, there are actually 500 to 5,000 mitochondria per cell. Every cell in the human body has at least a couple hundred mitochondria. So that just blew my mind because, in my mind, cell, a few mitochondria, but in reality, cell. Hundreds, thousands of mitochondria, more mitochondria are in your heart cells than anywhere else in your body. And that makes sense because mitochondria take oxygen and utilize it into energy. So your heart is like the mostly densely populated mitochondrial cells in the body. And so all of a sudden it made sense that whenever I went on my five day fast and my whole body was buzzing and my energy was buzzing and my connection to the world and all my senses were like turned up so many notches it made sense that it wasn't just like my cells were buzzing but like thousands of organelles in every cell which is trillions and trillions and trillions of mitochondria just like active and buzzing and i think that's why through fasting i felt more alive than ever before and i was like whoa <laughs> this is the most fucking real shit in the world i'm a fan I'm ready for my my autumn 5-day fast. I I might just go 5-day fast quarterly, man. It's just good. It's good, dude. It's good. Yeah.
0: I I I've been doing it for the past 3 years now every quarter. It doesn't always manifest as a 5-day fast, but I commit my intention to allow a three to five day fast to unfold, whatever is best in that moment. And sometimes it's a three day fast. Sometimes it's a four day fast. Sometimes it's five, five and a half. I've never gone longer than that. I haven't been called to. And I think with anyone who's listening, who's interested in fasting, it's not about the length or about being competitive or even about the hours. I don't count the hours that I fast. It's about these daily cycles where it's sunrise to sunset going through the sleep cycle, having a one day, two day, three day, fast and it's not about, you know, putting up big numbers. It's just about tuning in and honoring, you know, your own experience and letting that unfold and and being aware and attentive and appreciative and grateful and all all that good stuff. And there's a reason why multi-day fasting is is a, a primary component of every spiritual tradition. And and we're, you know, elaborating a bit as as to why that is, but the only way to really understand it is is to experience it firsthand. And I know you've got Deep experience with other modalities as well. You touched on it earlier, plant medicine and and breath work. I'd love to know how those sort of compare and contrast to the extended fast experience, or even maybe how they work together. I'm, I imagine you did some breath work during your your fast as oh, well.
1: absolutely! Yeah, I'm 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 a breath nerd in the true sense of the word. Um, like I said, I, I'm a practicing uh, physical therapist. I'm licensed but I've also considered like dropping my license and moving more towards full-time breath coaching. And um, I'm actually moving from California back home to Arkansas next month. Uh, So I'll be moving to Northwest Arkansas, the Ozarks. Usually I tell people I'm moving to the Ozarks and people are like, Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) If I say I'm moving to Arkansas, people are like, what the hell are you doing? So um, yeah. So I'm from like Northwest Arkansas, Ozark mountains. And um, I'm, moving back to really share with that community, which I would say is uh, less informed than the West coast on the benefits of, um, the newer modalities of health and wellness, um, breath work, mindfulness, mental health practices, good exercise, good movement practices like nature grounding, um, being in tune with your inner nature, um, so I'm I'm excited to move and share these uh this work and, and breath work is gonna be like my primary pillar and staple and I've already coordinated with a couple gyms and wellness centers to do weekly breathwork classes. And so breathwork's my bread and butter. And like I said, I started with Wim Hof method and I as soon as I like listened to him on the Joe Rogan podcast in twenty sixteen, I was hooked. I was in New Hampshire at the time, and I was, like, t- turning on the uh, the cold water in the morning and filling my bathtub with, like, tap water in New Hampshire is cold. And so I was having, like, true – you know what's up because you're from there, man. <laughs> yeah. It is yeah. cold. Yeah. It's cold. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I-, I lived in New Hampshire for two years for physical therapy school, and, like, I, I started taking – I started doing Wim Hof every morning, like, three rounds or five rounds. <sighs> Y'all know what's up. If you're watching this podcast, you probably know what's up. Um, and I was doing my cold bath and talking about mitochondrial like vibration, man. I was showing up to class awake, alert, engaged. And um, I was never a good student and still until I started doing Wim Hof method. And then I became a really engaged and really good student. And I was like, wow, this is so much better than drinking alcohol all the time. This is so much better than like, like wasting my time on my phone. And like, I'm like, okay, so Wim Hof method opened up this whole realm of basically like physical health. Uh, Anxiety went down, stress went down, many years of depression started to like diminish. So I actually felt like myself, which is why my uh, brand is now my company is now true self health. Because I started finding my true self through these breath practices, specifically Wim Hof. And I was like, whoa. So practicing that for myself started to result in noticing that friends and also individuals I was working with in coaching, like, like weight coaching and fitness coaching, they were responding better to me because I was communicating better because I was doing this work for myself. So I started inviting people in and teaching the Wim Hof method without being a Wim Hof certified coach. I just started teaching the method because I was such a believer in it. And um, I was doing workshops and just like I was full fan. And um, that was six years ago. Now to today's um, today, I've worked with Brian McKenzie and done some one-on-one work with Brian McKenzie for a couple of years. And uh, he's my like, OG mentor of breath work. Um, and then Erwan LaCour most recently, I've gone to Mexico with Erwan and did breath hold work training. Uh, he was recently in San Diego. So I get to meet up with him and do some training and support him in his training. Cause he's like brilliant. Um, and so I've, I've gone from just being Wim Hof only to learning from Brian McKenzie and some more performance based breath work into, erwan which is very performance-based breath work but more there's so much like spirituality and like self-hypnotherapy within erwan's technique and i love all of it and so essentially i have melded all of that into my own practice and uh, i use my my foundation as a physical therapist and only knowing the importance of body movement so my personal breath practice is like just like a feng shui of so many different different types uh, and it's just fun. And there's each individual I work with, I modify to them. And it's, it's this like back and forth playing an interaction between how can I help you breathe to your highest capacity to release what you need to release and connect to what you need to connect to. So um, breath is the most fascinating modality in my mind. And uh, absolutely, dude.
0: Wow, that's that's amazing, and and something that I'm really excited to dive into because it's not something that I've really committed to. I've I've heard about it, of course. I've heard about all these breathwork practitioners and modalities that you mentioned, including other ones. Just to you know ramble a little bit about breathwork, what has always confused me is that there's such a buffet of different practices. There's something like a, a box breathing, which was like you know breathe for four seconds out, hold for four seconds and then like four seconds in and then hold for something like that. Or maybe something like a connected breath work where it's like all the way out, all the way in, all the way out, or even something like a holotropic breath work, which apparently gives, you know, is a, a way to, you know, access psychedelic states. And there's so many yeah. different modalities. How, how does one kind of choose where to start or how do you approach it? Having, you know, learned all these different modalities. Oh yeah. It's just a
1: playground for me, man. And there's so many, different modalities and they all have different effects and uh one of the principles i learned from brian mckenzie uh that he really like ingrained in me is that uh methods are many principles are few there are so many methods holotropic box breathing limhoff this that breath power 404 whatever like people who just make shit up so methods are many but the principles underlying are so few it's like um how, do each, how does each method impact the body in thousands of ways, but what is happening to make those uh, effects take place? Very few things. Pace, cadence, depth, um, stacking different techniques together, um, that mindfulness. Like there are these little components, and the components and the principles are more physiological. Uh, and and then the byproduct is like psychology and, and Brian and um, some of the other mento- mentees that I worked with through Brian um, had said that and I think it's Sage Rader who who mentioned this is another powerful breathwork teacher but um, he says that um, psychology is physiology transmuted through respiration, like respiratology or something, you know, like he made it rhyme. But um, it's like breath is the mover of energy through our body and, and then bringing mitochondria. It's like, of course, like we're breathing into our cells and then that oxygen in our cells is used by mitochondria to create energy. Anyway, I call it breath jitsu. How I breathe is breath breath jitsu. In jujitsu, you can't just learn one technique because someone will get you from another angle. And you can't just like get really good at grappling from your back because then at some point you're on top and you won't know what to do. And the breath and my communication with my body through my breath is the same way. My communication with my nervous system through my breath is the same way. So I kind of think of it as breath jitsu or I'll do a box breath and then that Intrigues my body in a certain way and then intrigues my body into a certain state And then I'm like interested in that piece and then what happens if I go into like box breath into Wim Hof fast And then I hold at the top instead of the bottom so like I One to answer your question. I encourage picking one method and really being dedicated to it for a good amount of time, at least like six weeks or more. Um, I've had the benefit of doing this for years and years. So I was holotropic for like six months and then Wim Hof for six months and then, Erwan breath hold work for six months. And, um, but you can use whatever time, but I would say dedicate, A lot of time to one practice and be consistent with it. So you can understand how that practice works within your body. And then after a while, uh, you learn a new one and then you learn a new one. It's like block training. Like if you're going to play basketball, you're going to learn how to shoot and shoot. And you're just going to repeat that shooting pattern. And then you're going to learn how to dribble to your left and then shoot. So you're combining like dribbling with shooting and you add this like randomization to it. I've done the same with breath. Wim Hof, I mix in with box breath then I'll do a hold and then I'll do some of the, Erwan self hypnosis, like beautiful, like positive mantras. And then I'll go into like a Wim Hof method and I'm, I'm just tweaking my breath to challenge my neurophysiology to optimize my experience in the world, in the moment. Um, and so, uh, that's, I do it differently because people are like, well, how often do you breathe? I do a morning breath practice. I do a midday breath practice. I do an evening breath practice. Like I stay true to like three times a day. But in reality, if you were to watch me and if I had like a reality TV show and a camera following me around all day, I'm breathing all day long. Like my focus is breath work all day long. Like breath work is a part of my life versus like a practice that I just do to like wipe my hands and go about my day. It's like... I'm constantly tuning into nasal breathing, constantly tuning into the depth of my breath because I know that the more efficiently I breathe, the more efficiently I can show up in the world. And that's important to me um, because like we said, energy is precious. And if you're inefficient with your energy, you're going to be inefficient in the world and inefficient in talking to people and, and that leads to regret and self doubt and all these psychological bullshit things that I don't have time for that anymore. Awesome.
0: No, this gives me so many there's so many different ways I, I could branch off that. My mind is going to sort of the quote that you mentioned, the methods are many, the the principles are few, if if I got that right. So yeah, yeah. I guess I'll I'm curious what are the principles i know from a from a very root level we can use you know the it's so cool because the breath is this automatic thing but it's also something that we can take control of and it i know some say you could look at it like a gas like a gas pedal where you can use it to accelerate and, and you know stimulate instead of using coffee or, or some sort of you know nicotine gum or exogenous stimulants you can use your breath you know to to add stimulation or you can use it to relax and 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 most people probably aren't aware of this like i have a very cursory Uh, awareness of but i i'm assuming those are a couple of the principles maybe there are there are other ones but i'm I'm, i guess i'm also curious how this unfolds in your daily practice morning noon and night
1: so the principles are few and those do include like the the commonalities and, and it's such an imperfect science but it's a it's a great again active playground and another thing that brian mckenzie really taught me and he teaches is N equals one. So the number of subjects in the study equals one. You are the one subject in your own case study of yourself. So treat yourself as a subject and and do some like experiments with your breath uh, because you and I can do the same breath cadence and the same breath pattern and do like the same amount of holding our breath. And you get like kind of like lightheaded and parasympathetic you downregulate and you're like okay this feels nice like i just took like a hit i can do the exact same thing and i'm like oh i feel like in my body i feel like activated i feel like i want to move a little bit and so um although principles are few principles definitely vary amongst individuals but the principles that seem to have some commonalities is you amplify your breath cadence and you upregulate your nervous system you activate sympathetic nervous system sympathetic fight or flight parasympathetic calm rest digest and so it makes sense that if you breathe fast <sighs> your body registers your fast breathing as maybe a danger or uh, uh an awareness that your body needs to start to kick into gear because you must be starting to exercise or something. So you breathe fast and your heart rate will increase. And if your heart rate increases, then your blood vessels may need to vasodilate a little bit. You might need to circulate more blood flow. So there's a direct correlation between your heart and your lungs. And it makes sense that they're your lungs are like hugging your heart. They work hand in hand. They like love each other. Um, So when I'm breathing, I'm often thinking about like breathing into my heart and breathing in space for my heart. And uh, so there's this cool like psycho-emotional component to it. Um, And then on the physical biomechanical component, you exhale. When you tighten your body, you're actually like giving a compression to your heart vessel. And then you open, you inhale, and you're giving some space to that heart vessel. And so... Involuntarily, when you breathe, your heart and your breath are working together. Voluntarily, you can breathe to kind of give your heart a little bit of extra juice, a little extra pump, uh, and that would make sense. Like I like to do some faster breathing prior to working out to like get my body ready to get some extra blood flow so that my muscles can be oxygenated and really reap the benefit of a movement practice you don't have to do breath work before moving. You can just start moving and guess what? Your breath will start to naturally increase. So there's that correlation. So breath work like breath works basically like exercise without the exercise. You're just breathing as if you're exercising. <laughs> so that's one way to look at it. Um, but then on the other side, so up regulation through active breathing and then uh, down regulating through slow breathing that can either be by doing a box breath, which is controlling your breath. So one principle would be like breath control in, out, in, out, breath control. I'll get into that. I'll finish parasympathetic and now I'll get into breath control. So parasympathetic, Mm -hmm. you're slowing down your breath, you're slowing down your heart rate, and then everything kind of gets calm and that makes sense. Now for some, you slow down your breath and your anxiety goes up because If you slow down everything, you start to feel more in your body. And if you don't like what you're feeling, you might want to escape. No wonder you breathe fast all the time because that's a good distractor away from like pain or hurt in the body. So often slow breathing doesn't feel good for people who might have a little bit of a higher anxiety um, blueprint. And so... That's why I like to use a combination of both. And that's why I kind of like Wim Hof uh, or a variety of Wim Hof, which would be like for me to calm down. My body doesn't like to go from here to calm. My body likes stimulation. So I trick myself into calm by. So I breathe fast to team up with my body, my body's like, okay, fuck yeah, we're doing some movement. And then I slow it down and then everything's like going nice and slow. So that, that's how I personally like to create calm and parasympathetic mode. I need, my body needs a little bit of stimulation first. So there's this awareness of what's happening and then I can kind of regain control and slow it down. So those are two big principles and probably the most like rudimentary uh basic important principles is the pacing and depth of your breath
0: awesome yeah okay yeah and that is how you can or we can any any human listening can take control of the parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system where instead of being a victim to this system we actually have some ability to be able to titrate and, and modulate the nervous system in the way that it feels by learning some of these breathwork modalities and playing in the playground yep. of of breath as as you've described. And if someone was intrigued by this and wanted to start sort of learning, where would you guide them? What would be sort of the next best step to kind of start engaging with this?
1: Yeah. Um, well, there's a few ways, right? There's many teachers. I'm a teacher, so hit me up. I would love to share my information, follow me. Um I I love doing discovery calls and just having like general, um, conversations about breath work. And also I think I'm a little bit different than a lot of people because I have a few like breath work programs, but like, I don't push sales onto people. I don't care. Like, like I love the book breath by James Nestor, wealth of knowledge and information. And there's a ton of free resources. So, um, I have a ton of videos and resources that I'd love like to offer as well. Uh, so I'm a big, I'm biased, but I love my work. Um, so check me out. Um, and, but at the same time, breath is a great book by James Nestor Wim Hof method has a ton of valuable tools and insights. Erwan is also brilliant teacher, master of breath and his technique is very different than I think all the popular techniques out there. Um, um, Cause the popular techniques are a little bit more flashy and his is more, a little bit like more disciplined and consistent is uh, that those are some requirements for his. So the whole world is your breath playground. You can, um, I like like incorporating breath into movement, into exercise, nasal breathing only. I sleep tape at night. If I put tape on my mouth, and encourages nasal breathing at night and my sleep is so much better on nights that i sleep tape because um that again nasal breath is more efficient than mouth breath uh i didn't well i didn't mention that earlier so nasal breath is more efficient than mouth breath because the nasal sinuses uh, filter out the air um, and the nitric oxide is something that's released whenever you have nasal breath stimulating your body nitric oxide is a vasodilator so it helps circulate blood a little bit more so nasal breathing superior so i sleep tape i also will zip my mouth shut figuratively but zip my mouth shut when i'm exercising and go for runs and really focus on cycling my energy through my nose Um, just for those who are listening for you right now um, if you take a deep breath in through the mouth good let it go just do another breath into the mouth and notice like where that breath goes let it go okay and then take a breath through the nose big in and out and another breath in nose big and out um what did did you notice anything in case
0: the nasal breath felt more full body felt it felt more as, as if as if it was more of a whole food as opposed to a, to a junk food in a way
1: <laughs> that's a really good way to put it yeah it is like whole food. it's like you overeat through your mouth and you over breathe through your mouth you can't over breathe through your nose because there's this natural filter system and there's also this natural like the, the orifices of your breath through your nose are smaller so in order to pull breath in through your nose, your respiratory muscles need to activate and engage and pull that breath in through the nose. So it would make sense that you say, Oh, it feels like a more full body. Like you're having to pull from your diaphragm and mouth. You can mouth is more connected to neck, which is more connected to upper ribs, first rib, clavicle, scalenes. So mouth breath, is a little bit more correlated with the upper chest shoulder region and that's why we see often mouth breathers are shallow breathers because they're just breathing up here and they're not breathing into the depth of their diaphragm which is your primary breath respiratory muscle so nasal breathing naturally connects to diaphragm so there's more of a mind-body connection through nasal breathing because you are breathing with your full body more than just like <sighs> lazy <sighs> Cheetos breath, <laughs> nacho breath. You know, <laughs> it's like you're, you're really like so nasal breathing is another amazing principle uh, that you can consider and use whenever. So whenever I exercise, zip it, see how long you can run nasal breathing only, um, see how many reps of your five circuit workout you can do nasal only um when i work out i nasal breathe until i need to breathe through my mouth then i breathe through my mouth because my body does need extra oxygen and if i'm working at a high level if i'm working out at a high intensity level of course i'm going to mouth breathe My body needs that but until i get to that point in which uh, i need to shift from nasal breathing to mouth breathing I'm going to keep nasal breathing as long as I can and even whenever my body's like air hungry and I need I want to gasp I'll just zip it and push it a little bit more because what happens is Bohr effect and what Bohr effect is is by trapping your breath and not over exhaling CO2 your body has a greater affinity for oxygen so basically oxygen is more readily available for use when you breathe through your nose. So this is like the physical like performance component. So when you're doing your exercises and you're running and sprinting, anytime I work out, I'm always nasal, nasal, nasal as much as I can. Catch up with my mouth. Zip it. Go back to nose as quick as possible. Because, again, aerobic efficiency increases nasally because you're trapping CO2 in your body. The more CO2 you have, the more need – to get that CO2 out. So this is like, we can get nerdy with it. So if you want more information, hit me up or we'll chat. But um, that's one of those like big principles of, of nasal breathing. Uh, and I think I lost my trail of thought and I can't remember where it came from. So we'll just leave, we'll just leave that over there.
0: Well, I like where you, where you went there with the nasal breathing as, as a principle and with the diaphragmatic breathing as your sort of daily driver, just the everyday sort of regular, the breath you're taking most frequently sounds like it's in through the nose, down into the diaphragm. I'm assuming it's it's slow paced, you know, and, and deep. Is that true? Absolutely,
1: man. Slow and low. Patrick McEwen, whose oxygen advantage says slow and low. And as you were just talking, you're like, reminding me of what I just said. So I'm listening to you, and also I was like nasal breathing purposefully, right? And it goes into my stomach and naturally it goes into your diaphragm stomach, but then at the same time, purposefully, you can pull it into your stomach a little bit more, right? So that is like breath control. I can breathe into my shoulders. I can breathe into my diaphragm so I can isolate my respiratory muscles. Uh, And that's a benefit that I know I gained from many years of breath practice. I can breathe into my intercostals and widen my breath. And then notice that I was breathing in through a straw. So another one for y'all that are listening, let's breathe in through a really small straw through the lips. So pull in breath air all the way in from the lips. More, more. And then let it go. Let's do another one of those. One more inhale through the lips, small orifice, pulling, pulling, pulling. One, more, 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 all the way to the top and hold at the top
0: and let it go. Nice. what did you feel in that one, man? That was a relaxing experience overall. Now I feel more relaxed now than, than I did before, almost as if I bundled up some tension, into my lungs and just kind of blew it out. You know, just some ambient tension that was kind of lingering around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. I had the same effect as I was like mimicking it with you one breathing through your lips. So I'm not like anti mouth breathing, right? People, some people were like only breathe through your nose. <laughs> Cause I read about that. In the article. And then order it's like, no, 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 breathe through however the fuck you want to breathe. But there's benefits in both and pros and cons. So breathing through the straw for me, has the most control of your breath. I can only control my nasal breath so much, right? But through my lips, I can do like a 20 second inhale. And as I pull that breath in over 10 seconds, over eight seconds, whatever, as I pull that breath in slow, I'm I'm feeling my body inflate. I'm feeling my ribs expand. So here's some like biomechanical. One more time, do that, and just notice the rib intercostal. So inhale, notice the ribs expanding. Not just the front ribs or side ribs, but the posterior ribs. Everything is wide and low. Maybe your last sip of air is in your upper chest. And then you let it go. And then you feel nice and lightheaded. You feel calm. Your body's like, whoa, what was that? One, you're breathing very slow. And then two, you're breathing bigger than normal. That was probably like a much greater lung capacity breath than your normal big breath, normal full breath. So we have our full breath and then you pull through your lips and you're like, oh, I can breathe in more. Oh, my breath is big. Oh, I'm pulling in way more breath than I normally do. So you through mouth straw breathing can improve your lung capacity because you're using your respiratory muscles and you're using the inter- Abdominal pressure, intra-thoracic pressure to expand. And so that's why I use breath as like a physical body practice. I'm like trying to like take up more space and then psycho emotionally, spiritually, I'm taking up more space energetically. Then I feel a little bit more confident and I'm able to breathe like longer and slower. And then you translate that long pulling breath through the lips. And then you have to get a nice, slow, deep breath through the nose. For me prepping my lungs with that pulling straw breath kind of reaches my like physical potential and capacity and then whew, it's like a warm-up and then whenever i breathe through my nose
0: there's a little bit more ease and freedom and i'm like kind of like filling up more
1: right you feel that or what did you feel with the nose after
0: yes yeah it, it, what came to mind was this experience that i had at a bison harvest in, in rome ranch Kate Kavanaugh took the bison lung and blew it up like a balloon, and this is, you know, the first time I had really seen a lung, you know, outside of a body. And and as it expanded, what happened was, as it got towards the maximum capacity, you could then see the, I believe it's called the alveoli. I could be wrong, but there are these alveoli, yeah. Those then expanded, so they were, you know, completely untouched until it get to that maximum point, and then you see them expand. And and that visualization is powerful because you feel that when you do it, it's like you bring yourself to the maximum capacity and then there's this extra punch in there that that is mm. maybe one of the more impactful parts of the entire breath experience is that very end range and then you can really feel it when you do that end range
1: breath end range respiration that's like because because again like you work out your muscles and you're taking your bicep all the way to full like in range full range of motion you want to get that full body like any kind of like rotation you're trying to get your musculoskeletal system the reason i move is to move my body in as many varieties of ways as it can so i can get the full expression of my physical body that's why i love your your movement stuff dude i'm like you're just you're stretching yourself in the most interesting ways but you're doing it from a place of like wanting to like see what you're capable of. I'm like, cool. Like look at my bot. Fuck yeah. Same thing with your breath, man. That little tip. You fill up, you take it on a little bit more. Here's one to play with, right? You can pull in more breaths. One more time. Inhale, hold. Notice the widening and expansion. More hold. Keep rising, expanding. Now your full lungs, hold it. And now hold it, bob and weave, rotate your shoulders a little bit. You're extra inflated. Now you're rotating on and a fully inflated lungs. Let it go. So your musculoskeletal system hasn't felt that amount of expansion. Now you add movement to it and your intercostals and your ribs and your shoulders and your lats are like,
0: whoa, we haven't
1: reached this layer. Uh, and so... Where to start with breathwork? Start right there, dude. Just play with that (laughs) and you're set. But but yeah.
0: Tremendous. I I love those examples and that playful experience. And hopefully anyone listening or watching was was able to try that on on their own with us because it it really is salient and tangible. And a couple ideas are are coming to mind as, as we reach closer to the conclusion. I think maybe one of the more practical areas where breath could be applied for folks is potentially winding down at night or helping someone you know fall asleep if they're having trouble sleeping is is that something that breathwork can where breathwork can come into play yeah. relaxing yeah. in bed or, or before going to bed to transition into the sleeping state
1: 100% um and sleep is a fascinating topic um on so many levels personally I'm very blessed to not have an issue with sleep, really never have had an issue with sleep. So I have a ton of like compassion for people who have trouble with it. And I've had many nights where I struggle, right? And then in those nights where I'm struggling to have a good night's sleep, I can't fall asleep. And we'll, like, then I realize like, fuck dude, some people have this every night like this is their every night experience of sleep and i'm like damn that's so hard just sleep is so precious so if that's y'all man i hear you and that's rough and also breath work does show a really good potentiality to uh, have a positive impact on on sleep i know people who just swear by the box breathing for breath four count, inhale, one, two, three, four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. And they just repeat that. And that just basically calms and slows your heart rate, slows down the thinking brain. You're not thinking about thinking, you're thinking about counting. And so that's a, a good way to transition um, into a nice calm, restful state, but that doesn't work for everyone. sometimes, Like what I need is that active, like, (sighs) like five breaths fast and then slow it down. So there's box breathing. And if that doesn't really work for you, you don't feel calm. I say energize your box and then box breathe. So if you're going to do like a five count inhale, five count hold, five count exhale, five count hold. Breathe fast five times first. And then do your inhale for five, hold for five, exhale for five, hold for five. Four, three, two, one. And do that again. Inhale for five, four, three, two, one. Hold for five. So you go. I played with this a while ago because box breathing never worked for me. I'm like, I don't get it. And I was like, oh, I need to energize my box first. (laughs) And then go into the practice of the slowing down everything. And so try box breathing. If it works, great. If it doesn't, try to energize your box first. I will say recently um, I've been doing some – I've had a little bit extra emphasis on Erwan's uh, breath hold work practices just because he's in town and I really like his, his work. And I started doing some of his guided breath work practices before bed. And that like put me into a super dream state and you have to really like pay attention to your breathing because you're holding, you're doing like uh, a one minute inhale hold. So as you're holding your breath, your mind can drift, but no matter how far your mind drifts, it's always going to come back to the fact that you're holding your breath and the fact that you're like going to have to struggle. And you got to, like, and, and the best way to face that struggle is by speaking calm, peace, trust, love to your body. So I, I highly recommend uh, his technique, um, not just for sleep, but it is very effective in the pre sleep preparation process.
0: Excellent. So we've got box breathing, energizing the box before box breathing, and then breath hold work as, as three great ways to sort of wind down before dreamland and man, yeah, so much, this time flew by. How's it? I I feel like we go for another, another hour on on this, but I see we're, we're, we're getting, getting close to the conclusion. I've, I've learned a ton about breath. I feel like I, I know a lot more and I'm much more excited about engaging in the practice myself is there anything left sort of that you feel like is worth mentioning around, around the topic that we maybe left out or that is coming to mind for you?
1: No, um I think, yeah, just to kind of conclude, um, I, I'm just grateful to share. And like we had discussed shortly prior to jumping on, like, Hey, what do we want to talk about? Um, I do uh, I, I'm fascinated by pain and pain science. I also do a lot of men's group work and men's emotional health and wellness work. So maybe we can talk about that at another time. But um, as far as what we covered today, I think it was, it's really impactful, but one fasting and then breath work kind of go hand in hand because fasting is taking awareness into how you're eating. Breath work is taking awareness into how you're breathing. It's the awareness component and also like the, Uh, preventing your body from overconsumption component that creates health, especially in today's day and age where the focus of most people's lives is consuming and consuming, realizing that preventing overconsumption, being in tune, being in like self-awareness, self-control, and also in the awareness and education. People, I don't think people have the education. I didn't even know about fasting until like, in the last eight months you know and so now that i have this like information that informs my behavior and now all of a sudden i'm a fasting nerd i'm a breathwork nerd because i see the the great benefits of it so um there's so many like beautiful parallels from uh, purposefully withholding food consumption and and seeing and feeling how strong and capable the body is and how resilient the body is. And in the same vein, how taking purposeful breaths and being efficient and slow with your breaths, even talking slower is a form of breath control and breath awareness. And that benefits me. And, and preventing over breathing benefits my body. It might put my body into a slight state of stress that's a use stress it's a beneficial stress so uh, I couldn't be happier with what we covered today man i really excited to have been on and I love your podcast too you do a great job and you have some awesome people on so uh, I'm honored to be have been here and shared my stuff
0: beautiful I enjoyed everything that you shared tremendously definitely down to have another conversation sometime so we can dive deeper into yeah. some other topics that I'm sure will be equally fascinating and if anyone is intrigued by what justin has to share please reach out to him connect to to learn more and thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and and your time and your and your uh, experience with with me here today really enjoyed it thank you justin
1: yeah likewise likewise thank you